Welcome to the Advisor Arena Podcast with your hosts, Jamie Malm and Josh Watson. This show is designed to share ideas and help you gain insight from some of your most successful peers. We will discuss industry news, hot topics, and challenges you may face, as well as give you some possible solutions. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody. It's another episode of the Advisor Arena Podcast. Josh and I are alone today. We have no Tony Shore, who is still on Easter break, probably recovering from all those Easter bunnies and chocolate Easter eggs. But Josh, how are you? I'm good. How are you? You know, it's the Monday after a little bit of a holiday break. So it's always a little bit harder to come back to work after we get a little break, right? It is. It's, uh, I will say it has been a little slower today. So I don't think we're the only ones that are feeling a little slow. So yeah, yeah, it's like that sometimes. We do have a really, I, this is going to be one of my favorite shows, I think, because this is something that's so applicable to all of us that are meeting with clients. Cost, price, fees. One of these should never be used. We're going to talk about it today. So I think you'll have to tell me what you feel about this, but I think I know what you're going to say because we have really coached on this for a long time, but we don't ever want somebody to be in a position where they have to overcome an objection of a fee, right? We want them to have been proactive and brought it up in the first place. I agree. Yes. uh, Anything with fees. It's best just to just to hit it up front and um, and be open and honest about it. And so, yeah, it's um, it's one that if you do it correctly, it's no big deal. If you don't do it correctly, all of a sudden it becomes the the key thing that the client focuses on. They overlook all the value and everything else that you provide. So it's definitely an important conversation. I think we saw that happen a lot when the 8424 form came about, right? Some people thought, oh, that's no big deal at all. And others felt like that was just going to be the end of the world. So hopefully everybody knows what I'm talking about when I say that. But the 8424 form, the best interest contract is the disclosure of commission for any annuity sales on qualified funds. And some of you listening did not like that at all. We heard things like... It's none of their business what I get paid. It doesn't come out of their account. And some people were like, that's no big deal. I talk about, you know, I'm very transparent how I get paid anyway. It's just, I I already do that. So there became a, a pretty clear line between those that really were used to addressing this up front and those that were like, oh my word, I never talk about that. This is gonna totally derail my sales process. So that's what we wanna talk about today. Yes. And so I think, yeah, it's um, important to set the stage up front. And I think it's important to talk about not only just how everybody gets paid in this business. Obviously, there's no free lunch. And so um, and it doesn't matter where a client goes. I mean, nobody's doing this for free. So you might as well talk about it. And I think that's a common misconception, right? Because we could have insurance agents that are listening to this and saying, well, I don't charge any fees, so this doesn't apply to me. And I think yeah, yes or no. I think more a, a maybe more appropriate way to, to describe the way that insurance only agents get paid is that the insurance company builds the commission into the price of the products that you offer. And if you don't make that distinction, if you're saying like, oh, yep, there's there's just there's no cost. There's no cost to work with me. You don't pay a commission. You don't pay a fee. 
people don't trust something that sounds too good to be true, right? They want to know how you get paid. So we want to share how our top advisors or insurance agents are addressing fees. They're overcoming objections if they haven't done it appropriately in the beginning, um, but better yet, ensuring they have a process to remove it as a concern from the very beginning. And I think that starts with how we position ourselves as investment advisors in the very, very beginning, just in our marketing, we talk about the three sources of advice. Exactly. So three sources, being a registered rep, uh, being an insurance agent and an investment advisor. So all three get paid differently. There's nothing wrong with uh, any one of those compensation uh, types, you know, and so might as well talk about it, bring it up front and I think it bring, if anything, it builds credibility. The three sources of advice, I think, is such a powerful slide for as long as I can remember. I mean, 15 plus years at least that we've been really talking about this investment advisory platform and how powerful it is to speak from that. It is in like the first probably five slides of almost every seminar presentation that we do, regardless of the topic. We introduce ourselves, we kind of build some credibility with our team. And then before we even get into the educational aspect, we're saying it's so important to know the source of advice. Insurance agents, they get paid directly from the insurance company. Registered reps get paid a commission from you. Investment advisory reps are paid a fee for the assets that they manage. And then we talk about some of the pros and cons, but that really is something that most consumers have not been educated on. They really don't know that there's even a difference between all these terms that are thrown around and how, you know, why would they, how would they, we call ourselves something different all the time. And the word advisor is used pretty loosely in our industry. And so talking about that source of advice, how people get paid, I think it's a, it does help establish some trust from the very beginning because we're not, like you said, something wrong with it. We're not bashing anybody. We're just saying it's important to know how somebody is paid the source of advice, and then you can make discernments from there. So I think that's a big one before they even come into the first appointment. Exactly. So lay that out there. And then I think it's also important to focus on the value that you provide um, and why why you charge that fee. It's because of all that value. And when a, when a prospect sees all that value, well, at that point, they don't mind paying the fee or the commission or whatever it is. So um, that that would be my advice. Just really highlight the value that, that you provide for that fee. Well, and I think that's where that first appointment, that's where we really have an opportunity to put the focus on why somebody came in in the first place. You know, what made you want to invest the time to speak with me today? We have really one shot in that first appointment to build the relationship. People are going to get a feel of whether they trust you and they like you and they want to work with you really early on in that meeting. And the last thing that we want to do is be um, maybe not transparent or not upfront or have them feeling like, I still don't really know what to expect here. So in our new generation process, we've talked about this before, but we lay everything out. 
here's how you can decide if you want to work with me, but we're not even there yet. Like, here's the steps that we're going to take. Here are the reports that you wanted that are complimentary. I'm going to come back with strategies and solutions. If you choose to implement any part of these solutions, then the cost of our services is this. And it's something that's very, very easy and simple which brings me to, I think, our number one tip, and this is going to be something we'll have to break ourselves of, even on this podcast, we've been doing it, but cost, price, fees. There was a study done. Guess which one of those three people absolutely despise? Personally, I'm going to say fees. So I would say fees. It's fees. People, and here's what the study says, people understand costs. They understand this laptop is going to cost me this much. They understand the price for that TV is X, Y, Z. It feels like a simple number, something they're like, I get that. And then I can agree, is the value of what I'm getting worth the cost, worth the price? Fees are a term people don't like because it sounds like something that requires math, right? <laughs> like, what, what all am I not asking? What fees sound like they come in these bunches, like maybe they can change. It sounds like it could be complicated. Maybe there's a whole list of fees that I don't really know. Maybe some of them are are hidden and all people really want to know is what's the cost of doing business. So this study says, very simple, do all the things we've talked about, just change what you're calling it tell people this is the cost to work with me. This is the price of our services. Pick one and run with it, but eliminate the term fees. It's just a perception thing. And in our brains, we think that sounds something that that's overly complicated and it definitely doesn't have to be. We want it to sound simple and we want it to be transparent. I agree. Nobody, nobody likes paying fees, but if I know the price up front and what I'm getting into, I feel way better about it. Even if it, a fee is the same thing. Just the way that you say it, uh, price sounds so much better. So couldn't agree more. Cost, price, huge difference. And I think that will really put people at ease if you're struggling to have that conversation. One of the things that I was thinking about, like, as we go through the portfolio analysis report that we provide, as we start looking at the Morningstar analysis and really uncovering what somebody currently owns, we talk a lot about the hidden fees that they didn't know that they were paying or, you know, how those mortality and expense charges and writer fees and sub account fees and advisory fees, how all those add up. So there are instances where they should be concerned that there's going to be hidden fees. And we don't want to, you know, use a term when it works in our favor against others and not when it works, you know, not use it for us. But I, I think it, it does really differentiate when you're wanting to simplify to say, you do have a lot of fees. They are clearly outlined here in what you currently own. If you want to simplify, we actively manage, we do it for 1%. The fee for the fund or the cost of the fund or the price of the fund is this. It's gonna take some practice to change it and we're gonna mess it up. You're gonna mess it up. Nobody's going to be perfect, but I I do really like that mindset shift change because I can see as I took a step back, we're so used to using the term. It's just, you know, we use it. We don't think anything about it. We know what it means. But I started thinking, yeah, if it was a different industry and I was going to go, I don't know, buy cable, was cable even a thing anymore? I don't know, streaming services. 
and they start talking about fees, I'm thinking, eh, that sounds like there's a bunch of stuff in there. You think about an airline. What are all the little fees, all the little things that you can get sucked into, right? Nobody likes that. It's going to feel like there's more to it than necessarily there is. And that's definitely not what we want. So I really like that tip from that study. Really good. Here's another one. And this came from our Million Dollar Minds Forum. One of our top advisors said, I explain the cost of my services this way. There are three things you should look for. Quality, price, and service. You can only ever have two of these. Not possible to get three. You can't expect Ritz-Carlton quality and service and play, pay Red Roof in prices. And I thought, you know, that's great. In fact, I've heard something similar. Horse traders used to say, when you're looking for a horse, you, you have three things, cheap, broke, and sound. Pick two, you can't have all three. If it's sound and cheap, probably not broke. If it's broke and cheap, probably not sound. Most importantly, if it's broke and sound, it's probably not cheap. And same thing goes with our advisory services. We're not trying to be the cheapest advisor. We're trying to be the Ritz Carlton. We're trying to be the broken sound horse that everybody is, is dying to find. And I think we have to think about that and really know our value. Agree. Our advisors, you think about the value they provide compared to an Edward Jones or, um, you know, some of the bigger, the bigger shops out there, you know, we're probably not going to be able to outmarket Edward Jones. And I know Rami's kind of talked about this, but where he really differentiates himself is from the value that he brings to the table when he meets with people. They can't compete with the value that he provides. So go, that, this goes right to that. You know, he's he, he increased his fees, you know, within the past right. year. Right. And so people and had nobody value. balk at it. We're like, yeah, absolutely. I'll pay that. Yeah, they were like, yeah, I want to pay that because I know the value that you provide, how good you are, what you do. And so it was easy for him. So that's what you want to do. And that's how you want to position yourself. And people expect to pay for something that's quality, something that's value. And when we are constantly trying to be the cheapest, eliminate fees, you're not going to pay that with me. We kind of devalue ourselves, right, too. So there, it's one thing to be transparent, to be simple, to be upfront, but it's another thing to hold to our value and not constantly feel like, well, I've got to be cheaper than the other advisor because that's where I win. Nope, we win on quality, price, and service. Which two do you want the most? And I don't think anybody is going to say I'm willing to forego quality and service. You know, those are not things that somebody says, yeah, I don't really need that. Absolutely not. This is my you know, entire financial livelihood that we're talking about here. So I'm not trying to get the cheapest. I'm trying to get the best. And so we have to think about that when we're really creating this very simple, what I, I would say you could probably address this in a minute. This isn't a, a whole appointment to talk about. Let's go through my fee structure and what you're going to pay. Investment advisors, this is really, really simple. Annuity producers, this is really, really simple. Somebody just shared, it was an SEC complaint against an investment advisor. And one of the biggest complaints as I read through this was the fact that he didn't properly disclose how he got paid. And I would guess as we're going through that and I'm looking at all these clients and how long he had worked with them, I, no doubt he had a great relationship with them. If he would have just explained 
the insurance companies pay me this amount when I use this kind of product or my investment advisory fees are this and here's how everything is laid out. He just wasn't transparent and upfront. And that makes people distrust you. They think, well, what else do I not know that's going on? And he's facing a big complaint right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say that's probably the number one thing that will get you in trouble right now is not disclosing your fees, especially with the 8424 rule. And sometimes I still get questions on that. Do I have to do that? And the answer is yes, right? You're, you have to do it. You're supposed to keep it on file for your own records. So um, it's, it's a big one. Not even do I have to, why would you not want to? Do you ever want there to be a question in that client's mind of, I wonder what's in it for him or her. I wonder what's really happening behind the scenes. No, we want them to be very confident in how the relationship works and what the value is. So it's not a, I have to disclose this. It's we should feel like I want to make sure that if you're ever questioned, if my competitor ever comes in to say, did you know this? They're going to be like, absolutely. I knew that it's worth every penny. The worst thing that could happen is somebody puts an ounce of distrust in their mind because you didn't disclose something. That's not what we want. So kind of brings me to my last point, which is also a tip from the Million Dollar Minds Forum. This was another advisor that said he actually, since he handles both fixed index annuities and AUM, he talks about aggregate fees. And the way he explained aggregate fees is, let's say you're doing a 50-50 portfolio, so half the money is in an index annuity with no fees and half the money is in AUM. He said, if my AUM is, let's call it 1.6% and there's no fees on the annuity side, the aggregate fee to manage 100% of your money is 80 basis points. Well, that's, that's kind of unique. 100% true, brings it all together and he calls it an aggregate fee. Now, of course, he breaks that down and says, here's where that comes from. But that's easy for them to remember, right? Where they don't have to think about, well, I remember on some part of my money, it was zero. And on some part, it was this. The aggregate for us to manage everything is 0.80. And I was reading through the discussion board and the other advisors loved that holistic view. Several were coming in and saying, I just went and used this today. The clients loved it. They thought that's really easy to understand. And several had jumped in and asked some follow-up questions. And the answer was basically like, yet yeah, no specific presentation, nothing special for me to share. It's just what I do. So whatever you use to disclose fees, just add this aggregate on there and it works great. Really simplifies it. Great idea. Makes it way easier to keep track of. And it makes, I mean, and it's true, it, it makes the fee seem less too. So. so obviously you have to calculate that right if you're not doing an exact 50-50 split, but it's a great way if you're handling all of their money and some of it is in an index annuity with no fees to kind of simplify that for them. So some great tips that came out of Million Dollar Minds. We've got some really cool shows coming up here as we near the end of this season where we're going to share some additional things from that group. And for everybody that's listening that's already appointed with us and writing business, know that Million Dollar Minds is added in your blueprint this year. So if you're like, man, those are two really cool trip tips and they got more coming, um, that was just a tip of the iceberg on what they bring to the table. So we'll keep you 
updated on more million dollar mine stuff. And if it is something that you think, you know what, I think I want to be involved in that. We'll make sure you have an opportunity to do that. But otherwise, I think go out, be transparent, make sure you're providing very clear information on how you get paid. Be really comfortable with the talk on that. And if you're not totally comfortable with the talk, go practice a little bit before your next appointment, because we really want that confidence to come out as you're talking to people. Yes, 100%. And if you need help with like scripting, anything like that, we've got scripts we can we can uh, use and hand out. So let us know. Absolutely. It's what we're here for. Well, that's all that I've got today. We made it almost now through a Monday. It's almost the end of the day. And we'll be back next Monday with hopefully Tony. Hopefully he's going to be back next week. So for those of you that are missing him, tune in next week. We'll all be back together with more great things to share. And thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Advisor Arena podcast. See you next week.